Irish Media Network. We entertain. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Irish Media Network Sports Update. I'm your host, Joe Caulfield, and welcome to the show. Now, on today's show, we have to speak about probably the biggest news in sport around the world today, and that is last night, Liverpool were crowned English Premier League champions for the first time in 30 years. So we'll be bringing you plenty of analysis and reaction to that in the show. In addition to that, we're going to look at the revised and the updated Champions League structure for August of this year and the accelerated roadmap to return to play for the GAA. So plenty coming up in the show. And my guest this week joining me to chat about all of this is commentator and reporter for RTE Television Sports, presenter of Sunday Sport and sports presenter on Morning Ireland for RTE Radio 1. Darren Friel is here. Darren, how are things? Hiya, Joe. Great to be here with you. Thanks a million for joining us. You're not a Liverpool fan, are you? I was just about to ask you the same thing. I saw on Twitter last night around 10 o'clock, you said, phone is turning off. So I imagine you're not basking in the reflected glory of the win. No, Man United fan, but plenty of my friends and my buddies are. And uh, they've been waiting in the long grass. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you're hearing from all of them today. Good fun. You know what? I have to say, I thought actually... You know, with the lockdown and then the playing behind the closed doors, and and look, no one's going to take it away from them. They're deserving champions. I was holding out some little hope that the season would just be cancelled altogether, but I, I thought there might be, you know, something taken from it. But I was genuinely blown away by, I guess, first of all, the the, the scenes from Liverpool celebrations. They were on Sky Sports and the interviews with Jurgen Klopp. Mm-hmm. And with Klopp in particular, you know, and he broke down live on television and you saw what it meant to the guy. And I know there was many, many rules broken in terms of social distancing on Merseyside last night outside yeah. Anfield in particular. But, you know, incredible scenes and, you know, he, he, they're, they're an unbelievable club. And, and even though I would support one of their great rivals yeah, not so far away in Manchester, mm-hmm. it's an amazing club. I've got lucky enough to be worked there many times. And it's an amazing stadium. The people of Liverpool are are second to none. You know these guys; they would do anything for you. And and although I, you know, I wouldn't be supporting them, I have to say, well done. And you know, you have to enjoy these great moments, don't you? Oh, 100 percent. And as you say, the scenes, both in Merseyside and everybody I know on uh, on social media was posting um, pictures of them celebrating, and they're fanatical. Liverpool fans are akin to. Mayo football fans, they love it. It's their life, and they've been waiting so long. You have to just, you know, take your hat off to them. No, it's it's a bit of a cause, isn't it? Um, yeah, now, it really is. As a goalie man as well, I hope Mayo don't break their duck anytime soon. No, yeah, like I, whatever about Liverpool, I can handle that. If Mayo and the All Ireland, I don't even know where I'd emigrate to move to to get away from them. You'd find you'd move to Kuala Lumpur and see some lads sitting at a bar in a Mayo jersey. It's it's definitely uh, leave the country territory. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you know, sport is. I, I think you know that's why I got into sport in, in the very beginning. And look, nowadays, especially, you know, it's become very serious. Sport has become very political. But when you strip it all back down, and you're a kid again, and you're kicking a ball, you're hitting a slither, you're you're mm-hmm. passing a rugby ball. That's why you get into it, isn't it? Just for that moment last night and. You know, I, I, look, it's well documented, the money tied up now in the Premier League especially. But when we were kids and you started following, well, it was the 
the first division when I show my age now, you know, that's why you got into it, you know, to, it was for the glory and, and mm -hmm. you could see it really meant a lot to Liverpool, you know, and um, like, I know these guys are on big bucks and, and all the rest, but, you know, genuinely, I think they were blown away and very emotional having, having you know, ended the, the three decades away for, for a title. Exactly. And no more so than Jurgen Klopp. I thought his interview on uh, Sky Sports last night was so genuine. Like the emotion, you, you can't, you can't contrive that. Like you can't fake that. It was, it was 100% genuine. And it's a good place to start off in terms of trying to break down why this was the team to end the 30 years of hurt. I mean, since he's come in 2015, they have been in a Europa final, two Champions League finals of which they've won one. They were runner up the, runners up in the league last year, only having lost one match, and they win it this year, having swept all before and behind them. How much credit can Klopp take and his influence on that on that team take with this way? I think he can take a lot of it, to be honest. You know, it's other other great managers have come and had great Liverpool players over the past 20, 30 years. And they just couldn't get over the line. So I think a huge amount of it is down to him. And a very, very impressive individual. We all know what he did at Dortmund. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and like they were facing the giant of Bayern Munich at the time. And, you know, they became great rivals with them. But when he came into Liverpool, what was it? Was it five years ago, I think? 2015, October. Yeah. Um, Liverpool were 10th, weren't they, or something like that. Like they were, you know, hitting mid-table kind of stuff. And, you know, to turn them around. And he's done it incredibly. I Like, very hard to put your finger on any one thing. I think it's a combination of things. And I, I kind of go through them for me anyway. You know, first of all, I just think he's a great guy, you know. And it's very yeah. easy to warm to him. Like, he's the sort of guy, and, and no offence to my own boss in RT, but he's a guy you'd love to work for. You'd love if he was your boss. Yeah. Infectious, you know. And you play I, for him. 100%, you know. Yeah. And I think, especially sport at that level, it's all about the inches, isn't it? And I think that, you know, the players just respect him so much, and you can see that. I think as well, you know, he, he's since he's come in, he's been very clever as well. And I think he's done it naturally. I don't think it's any big act or anything, but he's just embraced the city, the culture, talking to a few friends of mine that are that are over there and go over there at the weekends to watch them play on a regular basis. You know, he's really, you know, endeared himself to the to the city and to the area. You know, he really, he really has. And he, he's, he's, I think we got in glimpses last night in his interview as well. You know, he's totally, you know, bought into the history of the club and the stature of the club and, you know, he knows the names, he knows the history. You know, a lot of managers in a lot of clubs, they come in and they pick up their paycheck and they're out the door again. This guy is just kind of, you know, he's bought into everything about them. I think on the field, I think he's been really, whether, whether it's him or I'm sure he's a huge say in it, very shrewd in the transfer market. You know, he's brought in some unbelievable players. What he's also managed to do is get every inch out of, you know, there's one or two average players in there, but he's just made them, you know, you know, get the absolute maximum out of them. Yeah. And also, I think, Joe, for me, they're unbelievable to watch. And I think that's the bottom line, isn't it? It's it's the way they play football. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's beautiful to watch. You know, I know the front three get a lot of credit, don't they? But I think as a defensive unit, 
they're just scary, you know. Um, the intensity they play at, you know, they must be one of the fittest teams in Europe. They must be, you know. Just I don't know how they keep that intensity. Or poor old Crystal Palace the other night, you know. I sat down and watched that. I just they just didn't know what hit them. And I know again, you know, they banged in the goals. It was four goals that night, wasn't it? And um, but defensively, like the one stat that really stood out for me was Palace weren't in the Liverpool penalty area once. There was no touch of the football in the Liverpool penalty area. And, you know, that's down to the, the defence. But I think the defence actually starts a, a lot further up the field and, you know, they just work so well together. So, you know, he's, you know, he's, he is, for me at the minute, and, and football changes all the time, but Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola, best football managers by a country mile at the minute. Yeah, and you touched on a couple of things there that I totally agree with. Like, since he's come in, he's brought in Firmino, Mane, Salah, and Van Dijk, who I think are, are the real linchpins. Like, also, Trent Alexander-Arnold is, is a great homegrown lad. That that story in itself, it just it would really make you smile, and it would take a lot of the cynicism out of sport for you. But they play with this irrepressible energy, freedom, confidence. They're incredible to watch. As... as a kid who grew up as a Man United fan, it's hard to say it, but like they do, you can't, you can't, you can't but stand back and admire them. In terms of the all-time great Liverpool teams, of we'll say maybe even the last thirty years, the great teams that maybe didn't get over the line. Where would you rank this team? Oh, they're up there, aren't they? It was funny because I'd be friendly enough with Ronnie Whelan, and I, I had him on Radio One this morning. I was just recording a piece with him, and. Um, I, I had a good chat with him. Ronnie was actually quite emotional himself, and he was part of that great Liverpool team that last won it. And um, you, you know, that was kind of when I was growing up, you know. And that was an incredible Liverpool team, wasn't it? Like if you look, you know, the likes of Alan Hansen, with the three Irish boys in there, we had Ray, uh, Ray Houghton, um, we had um, Steve Staunton, who was an incredible player, and, and Ronnie himself, just world class and. You look at the other players, like Peter Beardsley, you know, you had, you know, Ian Rush, like I'm leaving out guys here, but it, an awesome team. And, and they played in incredible football as well. Like like back then, I, I, when they last won the league, you know, I was talking to Ronnie about this and he was telling me that, you know, the, the, the question afterwards was, you know, and you'll win it again next year, you know, and it was almost taken as given. They were that good and they didn't. And they wouldn't for, for three decades, which is incredible. But that was a savage team. I think it's probably unfair to compare them because that Liverpool team wasn't able to compete in the European Cup as it was back then. And I think it was an awful shame with the European ban. Uh, it, it's kind of hard to draw the parallels. But, you know, I, I, I think they're very hard to separate them. Ronnie himself actually said... They're up there, you know, this current yeah. team. They're yeah. right up there. and It's hard to argue. Yeah, and I suppose, lead up me on to my next question, because we had Jonathan Higgins on last week, massive Liverpool fan. He was on Morning Ireland this morning. I'd say just gloating more so than anything else. Probably quite tired. <laughs> but um, he was talking about Klopp using the fact that they're not really going to get to celebrate with the fans and they're going to receive the, the trophy behind closed doors as an incentive to drive them on to win another title next year and Daniel McDonald and the independence they were talking about creating a legacy I mean like they, they won the league last night are they getting a bit ahead of themselves or is there just so much left in the tank for this team 
Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It is really interesting. I, I like they were the best team. Like, look at the record this season. Um, in terms of victories, what was it? Is it thirty odd wins, two draws, and you know, uh, one defeat all season? Yeah. Scary stuff. In terms of next year, you know, they're they've a massive opportunity. I, I they're not the complete picture. Would you, you know? I would say they're a great team, Joe, but. I don't know. I think they've got a bit of luck as well. And I don't mean that in, um, you know, I'm not trying to knock what they've done. Yeah. I think their squad actually needs building up. Like Manchester City, I know they lost last night, but they have a phenomenal squad and it looks like they're going to be adding again to it. You know, I think Liverpool have had a lot of luck with injuries and look, it may be a great own luck as well. Mm-hmm. I think their regime is pretty tight. But, you know, if you, if you, you know, if you took Van Dijk out of it, like I think, Look, a lot of people talk about him being the great player he is, but I actually think he doesn't get enough credit. Like that Liverpool defence before he arrived for the for the big money, you know, it was shambolic. Shambolic. It's a good yeah. word. It was, you know, probably cost them a league title to be honest. When when Stevie Gerrard was involved, um, it was big money came in there, and he is phenomenal. But if if something was to happen him, you know. I think they need to add to it, you know. And I think, look, I just think that Klopp is just that's him, you know. He did, he he wants to go on and achieve great things, and the players are buying into all of this. And you know, I think there's a lot more to come from. But I don't think they're going to have it easy. Uh, really, don't like Manchester City are phenomenal. Uh, you know, they really are. I think next season's going to be really good, very interesting. Chelsea seem to be have a few bob to spend again. They're investing. You know, Manchester United, the jury's out on that one. Um, I, I, I like. I think Tottenham and, and the likes of Arsenal have fallen off a bit, but you know, I, I think it's going to be really good. Now, I think actually next year is going to be phenomenal. I think it's going yeah. to be an incredible race. You know. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on that point. It'd be really interesting to see the uh, the English Premier League next year. But before we get on to that, I mean, in August of this year, we have the Champions League, and I know there's there's four. Rounds of team matches yet left to play. Then there's obviously the four quarter finals, two semi-finals, and the final. And they're going to play them all over 11 days between the 12th and the 23rd of August. Like, it's really like a World Cup or a Euro is a really condensed format. I'm really looking forward to it. What's your take on that? Yeah, it might even be better. It might even be better, I'll be honest. I'm really looking forward to it. You know, it's going to be a bit different. It's going to be a one-off. I, I love the idea of, you know, maybe taking the two legs out of it and, and, on the neutral, the, the neutral terms. I think what's interesting about it is the teams that are left in it, you know, like there's some yeah. cracking teams. You know, I think the one team that's not going to be there, Chelsea, they just have too much to do against Bayern Munich. But like, they are the heavyweights there. And I think what you have then is you have a couple of teams sprinkled in there, you know, that'll think, do you know what, one-off games here, we have a chance, you know, they'll, they'll, yeah. uh, you know, uh, the Red Bull team and uh, Atlanta from uh, Northern Italy as well. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a, a phenomenal story. I don't know what their situation is following the the, the lockdown, but I know like they were. It's an incredible story. Um, you know where they've come from, but I know that part of Italy as well has been hit hard with with the COVID nineteen. But yeah, I, yeah I, I think it's set up really well. And the one thing that's going to be disappointing is. I don't think there's going to be fans at it at this stage. You know, there was some talk, wasn't there, a couple of weeks ago that they might have limited fans in. Mm-hmm. And I, it's the one thing for me, it's great having the football back, the sport back, but 
the fans make it, you know, they really do. I can't get my head around this, you know, the adding in, layering in the fan stuff. Um, making the sound effect? Or? Yeah. Yeah, the sound effects, you know, I, 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 I've given it a good go. Mm. And it just feels like you're playing a game of FIFA. So um, I've gone back to listening to the game or watching the games without the sound effects. But I think that's I the only down I have to have the sound effect. I think it, it, it's, like, it's so hollow almost without it. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. That's why it's great they give you the option, isn't it? Yeah, it's glad. Um, can I just ask you about the location? So it seems that it's not confirmed yet whether the last 16 matches will be played in the venues or in Lisbon. But certainly the quarterfinals, final, semifinals and finals are going to be played in two stadia in Lisbon. Why was Lisbon chosen to host it, do you know? Well, I guess, you know, it's sort of kind of easy access, isn't it? Like the final was meant to be in Turkey. I'm Turkey sure they're was, disappointed. Yeah. Um, bit of a nightmare to get over there. You know, kind of access, I guess, is the main thing. Fine stadium, like they've recently held, you know, major finals. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's a funny one with the last 16 because it kind of shut down right in the middle of those 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 games, didn't it? And one second, to be played. I'm sure clubs, they have a lot of power. The guys who have home advantage for those last second legs, they want home advantage. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen there. I'm going to be honest with you, but um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they just kind of ship everyone out and, and play those games because, and, and you know, as you're knocked out, then you just go home because then you're just there on site and it's it's easy to control. And you know, it's it's another month away, and I think they're going to monitor this virus as well and, and make a decision as late as humanly possible. Like. You know, my, my big fear underneath it all, Joe, is that, you know, this virus hasn't gone away. And I, I watch a lot of the golf in America and I kind of follow it as well. And, you know, like that, that first event on the PGA Tour in Texas, like Texas is on its knees with this virus, but the golf went ahead. And I think seven between players and caddies, officials have pulled out or, or they've picked up the, the COVID-19. So, yeah. I, th- I think it's going to be something they're going to monitor, and I think no one's getting carried away, and we shouldn't get carried away yet, you know? Yeah, no, you're 100% right. At the end of the day, football, been, football and sport is fantastic to have back, but um, it needs to be done realistically and, and help the players and everybody involved have to come first. Um, speaking of which, so this actually kind of launched me nicely onto GAA, because it seems that the GAA have accelerated their roadmap to return to play. So senior teams are allowed back training on Wednesday as opposed to next Monday and full contact which wasn't supposed to be allowed until the 20th of July is going to be allowed from next Monday. Can you see any other kind of accelerated changes to that official roadmap when it was published a couple of weeks ago being made? I can't to be honest. I think I'm heavily involved myself in, in club GA and I think clubs just given the nature of them you know, it's it's a real cross section of life. You know, and I think they're going to it's going to be, you know, just ease things back, see how it goes. You know, you have a lot of young kids involved in this, and I think you know there's all sorts of forms to be filled out online, and there's a module to be completed which I haven't done yet, so I I don't know too much about it, but I know it takes about fifteen twenty minutes to complete it online, and you know, educate yourself about the situation. So I think the club stuff will kind of stay as it is and there's going to be no big mad rush. I think, you know, if it stayed to the original plan, we wouldn't even be at this stage yet, you know. Yeah. I think teams went back on Wednesday, like our senior team was back on the field on Wednesday and, 
you know, I think they're delighted about it, but I think we're kind of just, we're easing away into it, you know. I think yeah. big day, obviously, for the inter-county stuff, the big beast, uh, the championship is going to be announced today, you know. It's going to be straight knockout for Gaelic football, so the provincial championships will continue as is. But when you lose, you're gone, okay? And even a provincial finalist, if you get to, say, you know, any of the provincial finals and you lose, you're gone. And it'll go back to the old format pre-2001. It'll be all Ireland semi-finals. And it's going to be novel because I kind of grew up with that and it's kind of gone back to the old days. The hurling, the draws are going to have to be, it, it was, as you know, around Robin series. It's just going to be straight knockout. Although because there's only, there's only, you know, fewer teams in the hurling, they're going to have a second chance. So if you, lose in the provincial championships you you'll come back in around and get an opportunity to qualify for for the all ireland series but i think it's going to be great and similar to the football was yeah yeah okay i wasn't clear on that so um it's i'm looking forward to it because i i, I think it's going to be a novel you know and i look officially i wouldn't be a fan of you know the super eights i just think this this has given the maybe the the weaker counties a bit of a chance, you know, one off game. I I do feel sorry for Westmead. I was talking to a Westmead man, yeah, he's a neighbour of mine, and they've got the Dubs in the first round. And look, yeah. I think all the games are going to be in Crow Park or some of the bigger stadium, and it's definitely not going to be at Cusick Park now. But mm-hmm. It's going to be tough for them. You know, they'll play a couple of league matches. They're going to complete the league just to give teams a few a few matches in the football league. But then mm-hmm. a straight into and look, the likelihood is it's over for them before it begins. It's just it's going to be tough. But I'm looking forward to it. All Ireland football final. I think it's the 20th of December, mm-hmm. and then the hurling is the week before. It's going to be a bit different, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I can't wait. Like, um, yes, yes, it is fair. Something like the Westmead manager was uh, saying that he would have preferred if it wasn't that way. But for me, as a Scotland fan. Playing Mayo in the first round of the championship, having beaten them in Castle Bar last year, like it couldn't couldn't build up to a better entrance to the championship for me. Return to play that rivalry intensity, you can't knock it, you can't beat it, you know. That's a one-off shootout. Yeah, you can't write them off. Like they're yeah. honestly, should, God, like, they've taken he's a goal and they've taken us down so many times, you know. Like <laughs> it's like straight shootout. It's like yeah, and things possible. I think Ulster is going to be mental, actually. That yeah. is. Possible. Some crack. Yeah, the whole thing will be good. It'll be great to see it unfold. I know that you're pressed for time, so I'm going to let you go. Thank you so, so much for joining me uh, on this week's episode. And uh, yeah, Lucas, unfortunately, I'm sure you're going to get plenty of uh, flack and abuse when this episode comes out from Liverpool fans, but still be, my friend. Oh, lovely talking to you, Joe. Keep up the good work. Thanks a million. And that's it for another episode of Irish Media Network Sports Update. And from me, Joe Caulfield, and everyone on Irish Media Network, look after yourself, be good, and we'll see you next week. Irish Media Network.